The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's here. Peloton's best offer of the season. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton Tread. Choose from accessories like a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, yoga blocks, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. Hurry, Peloton's best offer of the season is here, but not for long. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Limited time offer cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. There's only one review of the rings, only one that can bend the fan base to its will, and we do not share power. Welcome back everyone to the third episode of the Review of the Rings, and today we are going to be reviewing episode four of The Rings of Power, or to give it its full title, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Please feel free, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and like. It really helps the show out if you're on podcast, if you're listening on there, you know, follow us on the whatever you do on your SoundCloud or your, you know, your mm-hmm. whatever your other things are where you get your Spotify, podcasts Spotify, Apple, Spotify, Google, Apple, all Google, those. Yep. All yep. them places. Um, I'm Cam Clark. I'm here, as always, with Kel Malone. Hi, Kel. What's up? Um, nothing much, nothing much. And... Um, our details, if you're watching on YouTube, are on the screen. If you want to contact us about anything, like if you don't like the show, uh, which, you know, we have a few comments about that. Um, if you really like it, please let us know. Um, and uh, anything you want to see us do, definitely, absolutely drop us a line and we'll see where we can accommodate that. If you're not watching us on YouTube, our details are in, I think, the description of on the podcast. Cool. So, yep. Um, yep. So we're at um, the Great Wave is, ep- is what is this kind of subtitle of episode four. Um, I've already written a review for this, so Kel, you may have a vague idea of what my thoughts are in this episode. <laughs> I have no, I, I have no <laughs> idea what you think of this one at all yet because we haven't discussed it once since the, nope. the show aired. We haven't, so... And we always start with non-spoiler sort of reactions and grades, and then we'll jump into a bit more specifics for people that have already watched the episode. So, Kel, we always start with you. How, how did you find episode four? How did I find episode four? Well, it's it's both... I would say it's it's both uh, 
a benefit to have my amount of knowledge and a and a uh, detriment because I don't have as much as you. So there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of things that I do do get. Of course, we didn't even mention Isildur, uh, Isildur last episode, but mm. you know you definitely see some foreshadowing with him anyone that knows the knows the movies at least know should yeah. know who the hell that that guy is and the should fact be, that yeah. he unless you want uh, to pay attention <laughs> right and then, and the fact that he and his father are are about to leave Numenor if you know some things you can kind of like what you were talking about foreshadowing and i don't yeah, know yeah. about the time compression and and how that will affect some of this yeah i mean we've got five seasons upcoming things to go. So, that's yeah. the way we have to look at it so i think where we end up with these characters at some point will be closer to where we meet them at the in the prologue of of the fellowship right. of the ring right but that, that will so, be like kind of the end oh yeah that's that's five, way in the future so, but uh, say i've got a lot of go to go till then but i absolutely totally appreciate what you're saying yeah yeah, and then of course, uh, hearing a little bit more about the uh, Val- Valar, Valor, Valar, Valar, Valar. Yeah, the, uh, the, the kind of demigods. I, there you go. Valar, uh, yeah. So you get a little bit more of them, um, but with with some of my lack of first and second age knowledge, there's a lot of things that I felt like I was just kind of missing. A lot of things dealing with uh, Numenor's deeper history. I know more uh-huh. about its future, so to speak, than yeah, yeah, its biggest that. legends than I than I do some of the uh, uh, more nuanced things. So uh, I feel like I miss I may have missed out on some of the appreciation that that uh-huh. you have. Yeah, uh, yeah. But overall, a, a really good, solid uh, episode. I I really appreciated uh, Galadriel getting her her. Uh, um, I won't use that word, but getting getting smacked down a bit, you know, she was she was dropped a peg or, or two uh, mm-hmm. by the uh, uh, queen, queen regent queen and Mother. by uh, the uh, uh, heir in exile. I, I forget his name. The the vagabond, the the guy she was uh, came to New, New, the Halbrand. There you go. Uh, he also helps knock her down a, a peg or two, which is good, guys. That's that's character development for for everyone that was. You know, looking at her as uh, one, um, a Mary Sue, no, because she's thousands of years old, so she's had time to hone skills. But uh, for those that were right in saying, hey, even Cam and I looked at like some of the first scenes. We're like, yeah, mm-hmm. Amazon, you could have done. We we know what you wanted to do, but you you could have done better. Yeah, this is them doing better. She's got some some flaws. Her pride gets in her way more than just I must. You know, attack Sauron. This is throwing away the weight of her name, throwing away the, the weight of her race, and it didn't work. <laughs> you know, they were like, who cares? Our tree hasn't hasn't cried yet. So um, I, I appreciate that. I hope people are sticking around and, and, and uh, giving it a chance to, to stretch its legs. Despite some other minor things like the, the sea is always right, that is some really lame writing. Like that just, that phrase felt so... There could have been a better way to write it. There's, there's I don't a kind there's a kinda I think it works and I'll tell you why. Because there's one of the these Vala is basically the Poseidon of, of right. Tolkien Legendarium Olmo, right? And he has always been one of the most active in terms of helping men and, and elves, you know. Um so the Numenorians have a specific reverence for him. And he is an actual entity that can control the sea at will, kind of thing, if you like. Okay. So, well, 
control it at will. Sometimes it gets out of his control. That's the way Tolkien, you know, describes it. Sometimes even he can't control the power that's in the oceans. Do you know what I mean? They're wild, and, right. you know, all that sort of stuff. But he can help people out. So the guess they kind of would worship him in some ways as because they're a mariner culture. Do you know what I mean? They're all about yeah. sailing and boating. It's, it's almost I a praise the sea because it's a sentient thing. That, yeah, that's that's fine. The the being with it's the it's the literal phrase. Uh, uh, the sea is. It could have been something more along trust the sea or trust the. There, okay. there could have been better a better way to word that same sentiment. I'm not against them having that okay. that type of motto or sentiment. It was literally just the physical words. The sea is always right. Doesn't sound. It doesn't sound as as epic as you expect something in in Middle Earth, you know, Tolkien Tolkien's world. So that's my only kind of yes, I kind of right there. We take it back to something like Battlestar Galactica. It's kind of there, so say we all. all. But that was that was better. Yeah, yeah, that that fits. You uh, know, so, so yeah. say we all. So you know, I, I there, can there's... get what you're saying. I get the same yeah. behind it, but I can see how the actual wording it feels of a it little maybe. Yeah. Other than that, man, uh, yeah, solid. Uh, what 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 did you end up grading it though, Cam? I didn't catch that part in your in your review. A plus plus. A plus I graded plus. that, so that kind of gives you a bit of a hint as to where I'm going with it. So that that I thought this was possibly you know one of the best episodes of TV I've seen all year. I think wow. this there was so much in this that I, there was actually things that made me genuinely emotional in this mm-hmm. episode, which I think, you know, even some of the best episodes of the final season of Better Call Saul didn't quite hit those heights for me. Now, what I'd said in my review is I'm not saying this will, because that's currently for me the best show this year, right, was Better Call Saul's finale. Right, right. Um, I'm not saying The Rings of Power will, will be at that level, but that episode was at that level for me. Um, well, before you go on on how it earns the, the A+, plus, uh, let me yeah, give mine real, yeah. real quick. Like I said, I think I'm missing out on some of that, that stuff. So I there's so, a maybe, solid, yeah. a very, very solid episode here. But for me, it was kind of like uh, episode two more than our oh God. I can't even remember all of the grades. It's somewhere in between a B, B plus, A minus. It's solid. It's right. good. It's uh, uh, I enjoy the stuff with with uh, Elrond and and um, Durin, of, of course. We'll get into all that a little bit later, but yeah, somewhere between a B, B plus, A minus. I could probably lean on an A minus if I gave uh, another episode a, a an A or anything like that. You know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Um, but why does it earn an A plus plus from I mean, you before spoilers? It may be easier for me to explain this for those that have seen it when we get to the spoiler section. Oh, okay. I'll try and I'll try and do my best. But for me, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this episode, and I do appreciate that some of it will be very obvious, right? Mm-hmm. That anybody who's got even a vague understanding of the lore, if all you've ever done is watch the Lord of the Rings films once before. Maybe not. Maybe you won't even pick up some of the more obvious stuff. I get that. You know, that's, that's you know, you're hardly a mega fan, though, you know. So, <laughs> you know, you're going to have to give it time to see if they explain yeah. these things. But there's also a lot of subtle bits of foreshadowing in there that only the super kind of nerds would pick up on. And a lot of little hints to backstory as well that only the kind of, the, the, 
the Tolkienites, if you like, that I've, I've right. really kind of get into the lore would pick up on in sport. You know, so for example, there's a few moments that made me emotional because I know the story behind where they come from. And you might think it was, if you don't know that lore well enough, you might just think, oh, that was quite a good scene, but you wouldn't get the same out of that I would. Right. So I totally appreciate that. Um, but for me, this was like, this was the show that, this was the episode that won me over. I'm hooked on this show now, you know, as a, even as a, as a mega Tolkien fan, I really do think the writers get it. I think they really are fans and they're trying to do, they're never going to be able to adapt it perfectly. We always no. knew that. It just, even more so, I mean, Lord of the Rings was never adapted perfectly. No, not and at all. And there's still people complain <laughs> about a lot of things in that. And then there's some hold it up as that's the canon that you have to stick to. And it really and was. Not, and, um, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's a Hollywood lots thing. Lots of little things. I mean, just, just to one of the more major things is they, for example, they make Aragorn and Lord of the Rings a reluctant king, right? Mm-hmm. And the books, that is not the case at mm-hmm. all. He's always working towards that eventual destiny, right? So, um, I mean, just, just to give an example. So, I, I think for for me, just the, the kind of nerdy side of it, the, the, I really felt like they got it. And I'm also... Like you said about Galadriel, I was a bit critical of it. It wasn't so much that I was like one of these rather ruined Galadriel's character, right? I'd ne- never thought that for a second because if you look at the backstory described about her, she was a bit of a rebel. She was a bit of a, a warrior and she was, you know, a, an older and kind of Fianorian blood, which are usually a bit mm-hmm. prideful and sometimes make a lot of hardships for themselves that they could avoided um, by being a bit different and I think this was the week I finally kind of understood how they're they're trying to give her an art and they're making her that almost Fionorian type of way and that she's going to have to change her thought process you know to to become the Galadriel that we see that actually survives right through and and is quite wise in in the third age we've got all the rings to go and all that getting involved in it as well as eventually when we get to that point so you know, we're not even there yet. And I think as much as, like, I'll, I'll go into it in more detail, but the, we did get to meet the character Ada this week, who was teased yes, at the end of last episode. And I was kind of like, oh, am I going to like this? Am I not going <laughs> to like it? And I was quite surprised that I was really did like it. And I think they teased, they teased, I don't think they'll ever come out and admit this, but I think they're teasing that this is an actual character from the backstory because there's a lot of things that make sense. And a lot of, you know, really big fans like me have already picked up on this and think we think it's this person. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Now, I don't think they'll have the rights to name that person, but if it's a Uh. cool just nod to the fans, they don't necessarily have to do that. In fact, there's only one character, one or two characters that this person would have to meet that that would rule that out because they would recognise them. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, but yeah. most of the characters that would recognise them are all dead now, or went back to the West. Um, so it's it's interesting. Um, it might not that might be you know not the way it's going, but I just saw the attention to detail. And then when we add in, I thought the music and the visuals all worked so well from that kind of opening dream sequence. Um, yeah, which was probably the heaviest bit of foreshadowing that was in the episode um, to the kind of subtle political machinations that we see happening. I won't go into detail again on what they are. And then 
the scenes with Elrond and Durn again in Khazad Doom was the best. I thought yes. the way they cut into that with um, there was one scene with the elves where they then just you know it's a quite a dramatic an action scene. It's all done in slow motion, and then they cut straight into a singing scene within Khazad Doom. Yep. So the and cinematography is so well done. You know, uh, they did another smooth uh, transition um, into the the sea trials as well. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. had a, an interesting transition there from the uh from what happens in the mines. You, you talked about this is before we get into spoilers so you talked about you weren't too happy with the cgi scenes in the boat scenes in the previous episode still what rough. did you think still think it's rough still yet? still rough that, and you the, know when you have the back shot and you see the ship yep and the yep. in the background it, it's it's even i don't even think they've got much actual water spray there i think a lot of the water spray was even cgi um if not then something with the way they're compositing the shots made the uh splash like the literal water splashing up um instead of say having um um sprayers down at the bottom out of camera frame i mean there's there's lots of things that you can you can do but um it's they don't it's enough to be distracting for someone like me, but it's it's but not. not enough to ruin it. And for people like you, I guess it doesn't even well, register. I've, so, <laughs> people like me, I've heard that a couple of times <laughs> this week in terms of discussing uh, the Rings of Power online with people. <laughs> I've been it was one but not not in relation to uh, your your uh, visual acuity for no for, no uh, detail related to that, but you know people like me seems to be people that are I don't know, we're, we're in some sort of campaign at the moment a political campaign to promote the Rings of Power and that we can't really possibly like it <laughs> because that's not an objective, you know, it's objectively bad and not subjectively bad to some people. Yeah, I mean that's I'm not even I'm a big fantasy and just, guy and oh, it's good I mean, it's... but some, how poor some of the arguments are like I would understand if people would really, like occasionally you'll get someone that has a really good point and can explain it but most of the criticisms I'm seeing is people are simply not able to articulate what it is that they're trying to say that's wrong it's woke. How is it woke? What's what's woke about it? Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, you don't know. You know, kind of thing. They won't say because I don't think they actually fully understand it themselves. They're following up, jumping onto a bandwagon. It's just you like know? someone in our in a comment from a video Manny and I talked about it was, I, I finally got them to admit at the very, very least within this Rings of Power series that... Uh, um, elves mixing with humans which we do know happen one person insisted that the like three or four times tolkien mentions it, it's the only times elves would have ever messed with with humans i'm like eh, he didn't write the entire history of the whole population so uh someone did finally mention it are the times where those unions have resulted yeah, in children it, it That's matters um but i was i was just saying you know is it impossible for some flung off elf group to have had a dude or a chick mate with a human that had darker skin and that resulted in the one elf so far we've seen that's that's not white and then i love when people said race switching i'm like which formerly at least on screen white character is now not white because El, uh, elrond galadriel yeah, all the uh, you know all, <laughs> all uh, white, you know yeah, you know on screen before and even then 
you could argue that wouldn't be relevant anyway because this is not a direct sequel to the Peter prequel. Jackson like, movie. Like I said, it's as far as what, what we've this seen is, on It's the on same screen, story, so. it's a different adaptation. Um, exactly. And so they're not it is, licensed to use the same designs yeah. that were created and it's, for the movie. It's fine. I mean... People are gonna people are gonna people, and uh, to those that have legitimate issues with it, great. You know, no I one's mean, talking yeah. about yeah. you, but hit dogs do holler uh, is some saying that we've got here in the in the U.S. Meaning that if you say something and someone feels offended, it might it might be because you feel attacked for a reason. And hey, I'm not saying we're we're attacking you, and just that's how you might might feel we're just saying it's not it's not a bad thing to to have a a non-white especially if you haven't changed something that people have have seen before and i'm I'm not even against changing some things that people have seen before there's a time a place a con a context but yeah yeah i mean in general i agree but i just i really don't see i don't i don't look at the rings of power and see wokeness i just don't i don't see that i mean i can see that and some i won't mention any specific names so i don't want to give any anyone ammunition but i can see elements of that in some shows and movies from various different franchises but i just don't really see it in this show at the moment i have to say um, i think there's a, a really touch genuine. on yeah i i would say there there was at least at the beginning a feel of a touch of you know, let's make sure Galadriel cannot have any flaw but being too devoted. But we well, see actually, that they actually have built whole, on that yeah. and corrected some, and shown her to get knocked down a peg. Really flawed. Exactly. She's exactly. really so, arrogant. She's yep. she's she's got a lot of the what's in yep. her bloodline is in this character at this point. That's what they've. I can see now what they're doing. They're giving her that. This is one of the Noldor that rebelled against the Valar. Refused their summons, went to Middle Earth to fight Morgoth, or just because he stole some jewels. Do you know what I mean? Um, which you know, in the grand scheme of things, why is that important? Got so many people killed, yep. ruined an entire continent. Do you know what I mean? These are all the things that happened. Although, though she wasn't directly involved in an incident called the Kinslaying, which was probably the worst thing that happened that, that, that her family did. Um, she ended up really being against the other members of her family because of that and became yeah. direct rivals of them, you know, and they and they ended up crossing over the, the very northern wastes, like a way up, even further up than where Galadriel is looking for Sauron, so even mm-hmm. further north than that, you know. Um, they ended up having to cross over there because there was no boats and tons of elves died in the way over because it was so hard, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they would just have to be left and the rest like would have to carry the, on. Uh, you know what I mean? the mountains. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a kind of one of those types of things. And um, and I think, um, you know, because because of that, she, she, she is this... I mean, like people complained in episode one that she was leaving somebody behind when they were getting, you know, caught behind. This is somebody who crossed the... The, the 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 hell cracks and did yeah. that very thing with thousands of people that were probably in her own family. That's the I think they're making her super willed and you know and arrogant. I think she is arrogant yeah. and she thinks that you know because she can say I'm from the golden house of Finarfin, you know, I'll put a in there for good measure Finarfin, and um, you know 
that this is all going to make the Numeroians go, ooh, it's Galadriel <laughs> from the Golden House of Manhattan. Okay, Missy, what would you like? Do you want our, would you like us to throw our yeah. bodies at you? And she, again, it's the way an elf thinks as well. Oh, but your people helped us against Morgoth before. You were loyal people. The, your reward of of getting Numenor was partly because you were faithful to the Valor, you know what I mean? And you didn't side with Morgoth. Um, but what she forgets is that, well, realistically, this is, if we go with the books, this is 3,000 years later, but, you mm. know, maybe it's maybe 500 to 1,000 years if, by the show, right? And none of those people were alive back then. Yeah. You know, and that's what we're seeing. It's that story that we're seeing playing out in Numenor that people are, anti-elf, they're, they're a bit like, let's, you know, keep keep Numenor for Numenor, you know. It's all yeah. it's almost that kind of, they're in this Excuse mode, uh, America was pre-World War II, where it was, we're going to be isolationist, you know, I mean, mm. and stay away from everybody else. And you can argue the benefits are, or we're not getting Don't any get real war. Don't get me started. Don't get me no, started. No, I'm, I'm not wanting to get <laughs> any real world politics, because, because the, 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 the the mo if you like of what's going on is completely different in Tolkien's oh, yeah. world because there is a god you know there is deities that are trying to help people and that are setting paths for people that they're, they're kind of supposed to follow so it's a completely different situation from what um, from what we would find ourselves in in the real world but it's the same idea that they they at this point want to be an isol- isolationist kind yep. of nation um, and we're kind of seeing that that's what the, well, will we just go spoiler alert now and just get any spoilers? <laughs> you want to get into the spoilers? Where, where are we starting? Here in Numenor? Numenor? <laughs> well, we might as well start with Numenor. All right. Let's, let's so, talk about the, the... Yep. Let's talk about the wave that's coming towards them. Some people okay. might not remember from from history lessons via the, the movies or, or books. Some people are like me have not read the books uh, themselves. I mean, if you've only watched the Lord of the Rings films, you wouldn't know. Might not happened, even would you? know any yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, so, he's, uh, uh, Numenor is going to flood, and it it's um, is it when the the pillars come down before this, right? Or is because you said the the pillars are supposed to still be up. Does the what pillars? Sorry, the ones that hold up the freaking lights and the the. the oh, no, am no, I saying I, it so, right? No, no. That's so, so at this point, there's a sun and a moon. We don't, we don't know. They do go around, right? Right. They do go around. So they're 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 astral bodies at this point. They're actually the Maya, both like Gandalf-like right. beings that float about, right? So, um, but what we don't know is at this point if it's a flat Earth that they travel around, or whether yeah. they've made it a globe that goes around. Like Tolkien, right up to his last days, was almost was was working notes where he made it so there was always a sun and moon. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think he started to realise, I don't know if this flat earth thing is going to work, but we don't really have any completed... So it's... it's a, And we, you and I both said, we think they'll just do round earth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it'll make it easier that way. So that's what I think they'll, they'll do. But, um, but yeah, ultimately, I think... I don't want to give kind of spoilers, you know, for what's going to come, because I think... There's going to be a climax, I think, about mm-hmm. season four, which is is going to. But I think you know if you've watched the movies that there's no Numenor anymore, right? Mm-mm. Whereas it in the Lord of the Rings, it doesn't doesn't exist, right? Yep. So, so we know that there's an event coming. Um, how we get there, I won't obviously go into any kind of details on because that would be major major spoilers for for how this show is going to plan out. But 
I think you can see that that Muriel is having a potential, a, a vision of at this point, a potential future that that, right. could, that could happen. And obviously, they will be and that's wanting one of the to do their best. Says when she touches the sight stone, is hey, uh, these these visions aren't necessarily set in stone. And that that's true because again, you've got free will to take into account. You know, so you know. This is this could be what happens if certain decisions are made and if certain things happen. Now, in the, the lore, those things do, those events do happen, but they didn't need to necessarily go that way. Right. There's lots of things that all these characters that we see would have been able to do differently at times, which would have stopped this. I mean, if 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 Elrond just stopped, told Jun, go back <laughs> to Casa Doom, we're abandoning this project, that would kind of at least delay things for a long 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 yeah, long time right there being... before you even get there right if yep. um if Numenor had you know had stayed in contact with the elves and stayed friends with them instead of kind of becoming a little bit what happens is they become jealous of them because Numenorians live much longer than normal humans do right so maybe hundreds of years even even not necessarily the nobles but they become but humans great. also get to disconnect and yeah, well, but they don't see that. I mean, who does? Like, if oh, you right okay. now, would you say, do you want to live forever or do you want to die? Um, do you know what I mean? And have no idea. Like, um, maybe you, you're, you're a theist, right? So you, you've got faith that there's an afterlife. Yes. But if somebody doesn't have that, why would you want to give up the only thing that is your own conscience? Yeah. You know, that's I a guess, difficult... But I then yeah. you would have the questions of, would you really want to live forever? And there's loads of stories explore that and how it might not be the best thing. Yep. Um, you know, all of that sort of stuff as well. So, but that... At this point, Numenorians are kind of... They've, they've become jealous that the elves get to live forever and they don't, you know, and yeah. they think, why is this? This isn't fair, you know? And that's one of the reasons they stopped kind of being friends with them, which I think they'll get into eventually in the show. But, um, you know, the, a lot of the themes of this age are people being prideful and and doing what they, you know, being ambitious and doing the wrong things and those wrong things, you know, having dire, dire consequences. That's that's a lot of what's going on. So I think there's a lot of mistakes to be made left. And, and we see some of that foreshadowing. Anything yeah. else you wanted to talk about as, as respects to Numenor um, itself? I mean, the the tree losing the that was a cool, well, yeah, right. That, that was a cool effect, and and that that's from the from the dream. Uh, she mentions the the queen regent men, mentions. Whoops, that is not me. That is you. I need to fix that button. Uh, there we go. Um, the queen talks about how uh, that's to be seen as a uh, a sign of uh, the valor uh, crying, like it's their their tears that Numenor's doing the the wrong thing, yeah. going uh, astray. And um, bear in mind, we know this is the same white tree that we have in Lord of the Rings that yes. doesn't flower anymore until Aragorn yes. becomes king again. So it's 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 a magical tree if you like, you know, it mm-hmm. isn't it isn't just a normal tree. It is connected to that whole union between the Numerorians and the elves and the gift from the Valor. You know, they gave them that tree to yep. as a as a sort of seedling to grow in Numenor. And I think it's a cutting or as a seed of a tree that was from Valinor itself. 
Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it is special and there is this connection there. So that is a really big portent for them when they see the leaves falling. And you just see Ellendale and Muriel look at each other and there's just this, yep. oh, fuck. Do you know we, what I mean? We, we, we should not choice. be sending Galadriel away. You're, you're fucked yep. up, you know? And I'm not sure necessarily all the Numenorians will see it that way. I think Farazon is definitely playing a game at the moment in terms of what he wants to happen and at the moment he's playing that he's quite loyal to the Queen but I think you know there's there's there may be some changes in his the way he views yeah. things from from Muriel and that and there is this almost a reluctance to admit you're one of the faithful that you're an elf friend at this point yeah. because it's not deemed a good part it's of society popular. You yeah know? I it's just exactly love the popular. way they, they brought all that in and the imagery was, was so cool, you know. It was just it was a really powerful scene, you know, the, just these leaves falling and the understanding of what that actually means. And they did it, it good made, for the casual change because they fast. explained it at the start, you know. So they yeah. didn't just it wasn't just for the nerds, it was it, it was, you know, they explained it and then showed the importance of it when it does happen later on. Yep. Uh it's a it's all good. I liked it. It's fun. Uh, like I said, I get confused sometimes because I've got touches of appendices and Silmarillion and even wiki pages from when I was like, I'm, I'm, last time I watched the movies, uh, I don't remember we watched them in 20 or 21, but uh, sometime in the last couple of years, we watched the uh, extended cuts. I don't think Christine had ever seen them or for some ungodly reason we watched. I think the extended cuts are better. Actually. They are, but it is a... It's a long haul, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, want to watch them all in one go. <laughs> no, no, it took us. It took us th- uh, two of days. The almost four hours. Yeah, it, it took four us hours, two days. But... We watched. Uh, we watched two on one day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then uh, Return of the King. But unlike on the say, next day, Justice League, maybe where you just think, oh, they could have cut this down. They could have cut this down. It still feels like compared to the books, it still feels like they've cut loads out of the extended editions because there's so much there. So I've got those things where I'm like, you know, I ask you about the, the pillars crumbling and, and when uh, places disappear underwater and things like that. I don't remember all the orders of events. You know, I don't remember when it goes from from flat to round or or when yeah. the trees stop being the source yeah, so of like, stuff. Well, you, get... you start off with lamps. And then you go yep. to lamps, to trees. So the lamps were these two big pillars that, like, I that's say what I was there. that's probably kind of in my mind. So yep. they they go even this before is, the the yeah. elves. They 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 they've done in before even the elves get um, born. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the elves only have experienced the light of the trees, which was trees. step two, and then yep. step step three was was sun and moon. If you like. Yep. So um, I uh, I dig all that. Uh, the other part to kind of discuss, I guess, would be uh, let's let's talk orcs and and the uh, the humans down in the Southlands. Yeah. Uh I I like um, I I love it when people have a. So I, I mentioned uh, last week how much I enjoyed the uh, orcs because of the um, uh, similarities to the shadow of war shadow of uh shadow of um shadow of mordor games mm-hmm. uh which a lot of people enjoy i like i know a lot of people that really in, enjoyed those games not necessarily just for story or but it was good uh lord of the rings content albeit 
a little off in story. It was fun. My um, only issue with the games at the moment in regards to this show is there's a lot of people claiming that Celebrimbo um, is 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 gay compared to the Celebrimbo of the games, and you're like, that's not well, the real Celebrimbo. Yeah, and it's an action adventure game, but yeah. the orcs are really cool, and they gave them more personality than they had in the yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings movies. Um, and, uh, someone made a, a fun, uh, um, like deep fake of Gandalf critiquing Lord of the Rings. And he, he made a joke and I don't know if he finds it a real critique or if he's literally looking for, for things, but he's like, why are all the orcs cockney? And I'm like, man, that's, it's just like the game games, man. And, and, and that's like asking why is the. Why is uh, Guy Ritchie's, you know, uh, Street Criminals all speaking Cockney in his movie? I mean, come on, dude. Dude, it, it fits. It fits the character yeah. type. And they I used mean, it before in a beloved game. And I I picked up on that. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Because outside of the books, we, we don't have anything that, that builds on anything about orcs. The movies treat yeah. them like Marvel treats Ultron's army for, for the most part. You one know? thing that they wouldn't do those, but to, Tolkien insinuated that, you know, that the trolls and orcs would swear a lot. And he didn't yeah. like swearing, you know, but he basically yeah. said in his book, I wouldn't translate that into the book because why give their filthy language? Yeah more you know, kind of what way but I, I expect them not to do that obviously or in the films you know because you know right. and they have swear knocks and stuff like that but but uh I like it was they kind of make them it's like almost like what man's accents if you like you know because it's you know it's the taking the language and twisting it in the way it wasn't intended which is Tolkien was a bit of a perfectionist and the language yeah. was his thing he was a language professor that was that was his whole uh, big kind of shtick if you like so you know yep. i kind of like it yeah yep so i i dug that uh the so the sword the hilt that you know they they were looking for we mentioned that uh uh in our first episode of a uh, uh, review of of one and two yep. um why do i have that set for 10 anyways um i i enjoyed all of all of that the then getting to meet Adar, let's talk about Adar. What what do you think is what are some Easter eggs that others may have missed, but without spoiling whatever you want to talk about the the guy? Spoil because I don't think this would get mentioned, but I think there's a lot of people think it could be Maglor, who is one of the sons of Feanor and quite a famous elf from the first age. But his life did get very dark, Um, Mm. and his the last thing Tolkien wrote about him was that he, he finally got hold of one of the Silmarils that his family swore an oath that they would never stop and never no obstacle would ever be enough, which they then used to 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 rationalise evil deeds, right? Right. Uh, and kind of, he kidnapped like Elrond and Elros and held them kind of hostage at one point. Now, they actually became, he liked them and kind of treated them quite well in the end. Um there was almost a little bit of a redemption arc kind of happens there with that with that character, but you know they really were kind of held hostage because their dad had one of the Silmarils, you know, and it was mm. like they would do anything to get the Silmaril. And finally, Maglor, by this time, two of the Silmarils are lost forever because uh, Elrond's dad never comes back. He, he, they tell you that in this episode, he goes west and he never comes back. And now he's yeah. flying about 
you know, with a Silmaril on his brow and he's a star because it's so bright, right? That's the whole th- kind of story that's going on there. Um, but um, but Maglor does get one of the Silmarils and when he grasps it in his hand, it burns him severely in the same way that it burned Morgoth to touch them. And that's because the Silmarils have been hallowed by the Valar. So like an evil or unpure thing can right. no longer touch them. It's holy and it water shows or cross to a vampire. Yes, right? And it shows how far he's fallen. And he casts it into the sea. And that's the last one going forever. It's in the depths of the sea. And he just wanders away and is never heard from again in mm. Middle-earth. And Maglor, the way he talked about, you know, being from Beleriand, we know he was a first-age elf. He's dark-haired, like Maglor would be. Um, he's, he's got, got burns. scars and stuff, which kind of make you think he's been... Because elves heal up quite quickly. So it has to be something quite dark to, that's happened to, yeah. to scar an elf. And he also is wearing a kind of glove in only one hand, and that mm-hmm. makes me think that was the hand that was burned by the Silmaril really good. Well. And, you would, and you could also think the the light and the heat uh, or you know the energy from holding it if it's going to burn his hand it could potentially burn it other could, aspects it, of it could exposed, be that, yeah but i mean he, uh, was, he was involved in lots of he was involved against battles against dragons sure. balrogs yeah. you know things that can you know people with magic blades like the one that we're seeing in the southlands you know that's 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 not going to be something new to a character yeah. like him and he did so. a lot of bad shit do you know what i mean so he could just be completely he's gone the other way do you know what i mean yeah i thought it was quite nice the way that like when the orc was dying it was almost like a i'm gonna put you in a misery this is a shame for you yeah yeah yep. I, I, wonder, I saw it coming to i was like he's gonna he's gonna end this guy's suffering and may, maybe some ritual with it no no ritual happened but yeah it was it yeah. was cool i mean uh, kinda, not humanized the orcs but it gave them as you said, in the games, maybe done a lot yeah. more. Give them some character, you know. They're still and, and kind it, of soulless beasts, but somebody it cares makes for them. it. And you, you know, the the sympathetic moment is is great for what they're they're doing with the story. But even without that, I mean, think about just the little conversations that that they have, the talking between each other, the the taunts at their prey. I mean, all of that is is added entertainment we no yeah. one talks about the the ultron uh the ultron drones no one talks about the chitari warriors there's no standout anything in the in the background of they're, of, they're of just enemies like to be defeated yeah, yeah. and then put here, the guy in a different sleeping costume and put him in the next battle and here scene, you yeah. get you get just enough of some character to it that you you could you could almost re- see yourself remembering a an orc you know not necessarily yeah, yeah. That i've met one that 100 percent, other than the the chief and the water thing because that was just great that was a cool moment but you you can almost get to remember and that's added in inter- entertainment it's an extra layer that wasn't even truly necessary they did it anyways thank thank you guys and it also bikes out everything that we kind of thought that they're looking for that sword i think that mm-hmm. was pretty apparent to anyone but they, they really want that sword and i think it's it's adar that wants that sword um and i think he might think that if he claims that that he can become the next morgoth if you like and at the moment he's kind of got that place himself and i wonder if if sauron will have to get rid of adar before 
he can take over or whether either I'll bow down to Sauron and say, you know, you're my master. Now, I, I'm not so sure that would be the case, you know, given the way they're, they're kind of going with us. So I wonder if either I might be someone who we have to see dead at some point before the real story, can the real bad guy can kick in, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That's just a theory. Because Adar's kind of not a character that was ever talked about in the lore, right. so, so we can't really right. say what's going to happen to him or not. Um, the the stuff with the the boy, you know, and and the the bartender or chef or whoever the the old man was that has used the hilt yeah. as well. Um, I mean, again, foreshadowing Sauron and and yeah, I mean, what it seems is there's definitely some people in that that are still loyal to still to loyal to him Sauron, and, who was a lieutenant of Morgoth, and yep. So it it com- it completely. Uh, makes that whole situation tense because you've got you know mom and and elf you've got this boy who's now got a, a taste for something that he doesn't understand but is powerful and uh um it adds to the drama and, and tension of what would relatively just be a boring people on the on the run story you know especially yeah. when you have the the harfoots which we haven't we didn't get to see this episode at all, no. uh, um, which is fine. I like how they're, even though we didn't see them, I didn't feel like I missed them. No, and I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean, no, like, I don't know. I'm yeah. still interested to see like Meteor, Hoffers, Meteor Man and stuff. I'm okay with them, but um, yeah, it's mostly I want to see what's going on with Meteor Man, but yeah. I wasn't like upset that it it wasn't in there. But uh, um, they're they're balancing that well, and adding these these extra elements also helps build the uh the world a, l- a little bit more with humans and sauron versus you know humans and elves versus uh we haven't even really seen humans and, and dwarves interact yet and and maybe we'll get no. to some of that i'm not sure but uh yeah it's it's cool man and and i i forget the elf's name that we're we're following there the one and um not everyone but the one some people have their their uh knickers in a in a twist about Aaron um yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was in the show so far. It was interesting. I think he's really good actor. He does. He does ha- carry a presence. Uh, yeah. We haven't gotten a whole lot of 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 like he's wordy stoic. interactions, he's which stoic. is fine. Exactly. But That's what I was going to say. He's a good actor because you can see what is going on in his face. Exact. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll give him a hell of a lot of uh, credit for that. Uh, the scene where where he's debating whether or not to attack. At our, you know, and he he takes the risk of let me, you know, if I attack him, I don't get away. The and plus, die. this isn't an orc. I, he's trying to attack, so he's weighing that up as elf, well because yep, Adar knows throwing, what he's holding him and him still sitting right in front of him. So oh, he's yeah. he's he's ready for that if that happens, yep. you know. And fighting and he, another elf means he's probably just in, in fact older and more experienced. I would think by far than than yep. So I dug all all of that. Uh, all in all. Um, I'm, I'm happy with, with the stories that they are telling. We've got the three big, big ones, the, the elves and humans in the, in the Southlands, Elrond and, and dwarves, and then Galadriel's, uh, thing. Two out of three seem pretty good. You ready to talk a couple of minutes about that third one, El- Elrond? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, this was a scene that almost kind of made me a lot about emotional when I was watching it. And, and, you know, I just think. Elrond and Durin are, are one of the best pairs 
that we've got in this show so far. I just love every time they're on screen. I just think it's so interesting. Like the way they show how elves' ears and eyes work a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of almost... Did did Jure know that Elrond would hear him? Do you know what I mean? There's almost... I'm not sure about that, um... even in the back of my mind at that point. Do you know what I mean? I didn't know about the hearing. I I, I figured maybe uh, hit the wrong button. Um, maybe he was reading lips. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I no, kinda, he, that, was, he, he, he heard should her. be able to hear mm-hmm. that if he's concentrating okay. on it. He could he could hear that. Yeah, it's it was like, like super hearing, super vision. Well, yeah, I just didn't know. Um, That's a big echoey hollow mountain you know that's there's maybe a bit of that and the the lips as well maybe he's using yeah that's kind of how i was conjunction and we're hearing it for for audience sake you know yeah because we cut Um, to them and then back to Ireland as well you know so um but yeah it's interesting and um yeah i don't i don't know all of these um interactions in, in in any type of depth you know elrond is the, like I said, I haven't read the books since school, and I'm almost 40. I'm om- I turned 38 here in a couple months, a uh, few months. Um, and then, uh, so all of my memories of Elrond really are the movies, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff with, with um, uh, he was in The Hobbit, right? In the book, too, of The Hobbit, right? Um, yeah, 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 with... the, the other, yeah, the, so... you know, in all the books, they, they, they make a stop in Rivendell at some point and to get some advice so with Elrond. That's <laughs> all I've, that's all I've gotten in my mind, but, um, so I don't know if he, I, I feel at this point, elves are always up to something, just like Durin even says, um, and, but I don't know necessarily if El, Elrond is up to something himself or if he's just part of someone else's something, which is what it... I think, yeah, I mean, I think I don't think he fully understands what, um, right. because uh, Keller Brimbore hasn't explained what he's doing yet, has he? Nope. He's just, you know, I need your forge, help to get this forge and he's the, the most famous smith and a direct you know, yeah. descendant of Feanor, you know, and he's got some idea. Why, why would you, you know? And it's not as if Celebrimbor's got bad intentions. He doesn't, you know, that's not what's going on here. No. We'll have to wait and see how he's being influenced. But anyway, yeah. um, you know, so I think there is, I think, I think um, when Jordan says to, you know, his dad that he feels that there's something else going on, I think he's right, but, I don't yeah. think he. It's not don't that he doesn't it's... trust Elrond. I don't think. Yeah. And what I love was like, you know, the he makes he doesn't trust who Elrond, makes Elrond trusts. Make an oath. And uh, yeah. like, really, what sounds like a proper oath that the dwarfs, you know, think is something that they genuinely, you know, believe in. Tolkien always, you know, in his writings, you know, be wary of the oaths you make because they have mm-hmm. a way of coming back to haunt you, and that they will. Um, if you break them, even unintentionally, you know, there's no, oh, well, in this technicality, I didn't actually mm. break you. There's none of that shit in Tolkien's world. There's no, I mean, no, law, no lawyers. And the fact that he gave, which I think was stupid of him, he gave Elrond the Mithril away from them, yep. I think that's going to end up in Celebrimbor's hands. Yeah. And they're going to think, oh, this is cool. We could make rings out of this. You know, this could be the material that we use. Maybe some of the rings are made out of mithril. I don't know. I don't know if they ever 
kind of clar- the one ring wasn't, but I don't know if they, they can ever yeah. kind of clarify that. Um, so, you know, I could see how Elrond is going to break that oath to Durin, but not intentionally. It's just going to happen like he leaves it somewhere. Kela Brimbor picks it up. Oath broken. Do you know what I mean? And what drama is that going to cause kind of down the yep. road for them all? Um, um, I mean, that's powerful stuff, I think. So. Now, uh, uh, he did say Elrond must not speak a word of it. So if it accidentally falls into someone else's hands, and Again, you're getting into technicalities yeah. because the, it's the how, oath, said, it's the oath not, said speak. No, I'm, I, I'm, lawyer, I'm lawyering it on purpose. I'm being it's, funny. Yeah, it's man. not the legal terms of it. It's how the characters <laughs> react to it. So Juden reacts in a way as if Elrond right. broke it. That's the most I, important thing. You know, yeah, um, like I said, I was just trying to be eh, funny. Don't worry about it, buddy. Um, Then it it doesn't really mean anything, and I don't think that's what they're going to do. And and uh, the funniest thing about the Mithril is when they brought him down, and this is a sign of two things: one, the proliferation of that material um, in pop culture, because every Final Fantasy game I've ever played has Mithril armor weapons and things like that Um, yep uh and um um they're early they're not super powerful but they're more powerful than like your starting dagger or something right um but uh when when they go down there and they're looking at the ore and i'm like what glows like that and then he's like this is a new ore i looked at christine no joke i said mithril Yeah. Like it just it just clicked like makes sense, I, I, doesn't it? it that's it. where it would be found and who who would find it if it's the, that exciting war, to be something new. Ever really gave it like a history or Mithril was first discovered in yeah. the year, you know, if if he did maybe again there's people I've got better knowledge than me so maybe yeah. there'll be a first time he mentioned that I don't know but what we do know is that the the just from the Lord of the Rings films and the books this lines in as well that the the fortune of of Khazad Doom was mythical, not gold yes. jewels. You know that's kind of where they got it from. And I, I really love that they're bringing it in as a as a as a kind of almost part of the story, as the discovery of mithril and how that's going to shape things. You know, because you know eventually once we get to Seven Dwarf Lords, Seven Rings, and all that sort of stuff. Do you know, what I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of fun to be had there, and the way that they're, they're kind of setting almost Durin's He's, he's he's eager to go and get it despite the risk and his dad's kind of like whoa let's you know do this safely and properly yeah. you know this is new we don't know what we're doing we have to get this right and that's kind of the dwarven way is don't rush in you know in mm-hmm. some ways take your time like they'll they'll spend like 100 years as Gimli would say tapping a tiny bit of rock to get it perfect so that it doesn't crumble you know mm-hmm. um, rather than rush a job that's that's the skill of a dwarf so um so yeah i i just kind of the way they're building it all up the show just really all the elements came together for me this week in terms of the stories that they're telling i'm not sure where the harfoot story's going i must admit um yeah who who the meteor man is and how but i, I have a theory that we saw two meters but we've only met one character. And I right. think we are going to get, I think they're going to be the blue wizards. And I think the coordinates he's looking for are where the other meteor went. Right. Because people have been talking about, even in a flat earth, that 
where they saw some of those the characters geographically, you know, yeah, and around Earth it's even worse, but in a flat Earth, even then they were yeah. saying, well, it would be further away than where that person see it. So there's a lot of theories now that there was actually two meters um, at the same time, and that would be pretty cool if that's the way that story's going. And I don't know where they're going to go with that, but, you know, that's, no, I'm no. intrigued about that, but I'm loving the, the, the way that they're building up the plot of how this is all going to work going Yep. Um, be- before we, we uh, wrap it up, uh, mm-hmm. the last uh, thing I had wanted to say about uh, um, Duran and Elrond stuff, besides the, the conversations amongst uh, Duran, his wife and, and Elrond, the good touching father-son moment between yeah. Duran and his, his dad. Yeah. Uh, Which comes off of the, the story Elrond tells yep. him. Basically, I could never get to see my dad. Exactly. So I don't, you know... Exactly, and as yeah. as as fathers ourselves with with sons, yep. that's that is a, a way to touch it. And then as far as like uh, that whole idea of losing dads and stuff, um, I've had to face those types of uh, uh, fears. I've had my dad go go away for for long periods of time as as well. So really good good touching human uh, universal moment there, Amazon. Yeah. And one last thing I'd just like to mention in terms of Easter eggs, that there was some even more cool shit that appeared in. See, when um, they went to see the king of Numenor, mm-hmm. there was like old relics there, which mm-hmm. you could point to to say those were old Gondolin relics and stuff like mm-hmm. that, like stuff from the king tour. And we also saw Narzal there. You remember Narzal? It ends up, um, it's the sword that was broken. It ends oh, up yeah. cutting the ring off Sauron's Cuts the hand. Ring off. yep. That sword, almost the same design, was 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 sitting there as well at that point. So that was there was a lot of cool little Easter eggs in that scene for the very keen eyes fan. If you kind of look about, we didn't even talk about the Palantir. Oh, can I just quickly say my one sure. criticism? One <laughs> criticism is very minor because, but for the Palantir, the fact that they said like they've only got one and the other ones are lost, I'm a bit like it's too early for that. You know, what I mean, like, so the whole point was that they brought three of them over to Middle-earth and the other, uh, I think there's seven in total, the other four were like, uh, could be four they brought over and and right. some of them but were destroyed in not, Numenor, yeah. right? Um, but they weren't lost at that point. They Actually, the Numenoreans actually started using them in different parts of Middle-earth to keep an eye on things, but they got them. It was part of the gift that they got, even though it was Feanor that made them. They got these these Palantirian. There was seven of them, so it's a bit strange for them to say they're all lost by this one at the moment. I don't know where they're going with that. Maybe they'll they'll make the discovery of them part of the show. I don't know, but I found, found that a little bit strange. Kind of, mm. I might be wrong, but isn't uh, Saruman Saruman use one of those things, or is that a different site? Oh, that's, that, that's that's the one that ends up. So I mean, that's where okay. the, the Numenoreans build or think. Right, it's them that build or think uh, later on in the third age, mm-hmm. and they, they put a sea in stone there. The other one, which is we, we see as uh, Denethor uses, which is in Gondor itself. Mm-hmm. So there's one of them. But Sauron has the one that used to be in Minas Ethel, which is now Minas Morgul. Sauron has that one, you know, mm-hmm. and that at this point Sauron doesn't have any any Palantir, right. you know what I mean? So so we need to at least get to a point where we have three of them and we've only got one at the moment. That didn't quite make sense to me. So I maybe, maybe they don't know where they are. Forward. They're gonna have someone maybe else that'll become have them part of it that they'll, they'll they'll find them or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. All right. Well 
Cam, it was great conversation, man. It's it's been a pretty good show so far. Good. Pretty good I'm glad it's not a huge token fan you're liking it because uh, not yeah. a huge fantasy fan either, really. So you know, it's no, not even obvious a, for me. So. Not even a huge, uh, not even a huge uh, live action fan anymore for Western media. <laughs> But you must admit, this is pretty. Oh, they're, they're, this is, you know, this is good. I, I don't know oh, what was What was the uh, the the young guy that talks to um, Isildur's sister? Uh, Isildur's <laughs> sister. That guy. Why did he? Why did he look like an extra for a Roman set instead of Lord of the Rings? That was awful costume choices. The the white with the gold and the red. It did look the, a bit. Roman, it was very, it? very, very Holly, Hollywood Roman. So yeah, yeah. Whereas the rest <laughs> it, of them are a bit more colorful, like Farazon's all in blue. Yeah, like, I, I wonder whether they kind of represent power in some sense by colors. I don't know. But then Arian was was in blue, so I'm they, not, I don't see, know what, don't know but it ripped me that. out of Middle Earth for a moment. And and if you wanted my attention on him, you you got it. But for the wrong because re- it just straight invoked. Yeah. Rome, I mean. Him and the Aryan character are both made up for this show, so we don't know how their stories end. Okay. I could guess, but um, I yeah. would like to do that at this point. All right. Uh, guys, check out uh, uh, lrmonline.com every day for all entertainment news, needs, and opinions. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, great things going up, in, including uh, written reviews and, and uh, celebrity interviews on the on the LRM YouTube channel. Speaking of the YouTube channel, if you're watching us, go ahead and hit that red subscribe button. Thanks to all 494 subs so far. Help us break that 500. If you like the con content, we have a lot more uh, varied things, including uh, trailer and, and anime reactions. We have an, an anime review series, AVR. We, we have uh, uh, the cantina and Marvel, Marvel multiverse mayhem, which handle uh, Star Wars and Marvel news and, and reviews respectively and or starting this upcoming week and uh, she Hulk still unfortunately going on, uh, but also daily cup of genre and uh uh, breaking breaking geek radio for all your uh you know other entertainment news uh and analysis opinions and random conversations podcasts go up on all your favorite podcast apps also now on sounder so if you use sounder we are there and distributing through them so that's cool uh yeah guys that's that's it cam yeah see you all next week everyone we'll be back for episode five uh hope it's as good as episode four was but even if it's not i'm still positive so come back next week and let we'll me and kel will let you know what we, we thought of episode five thanks for watching bye bye Slots asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.